What's up, guys? I'm Jared Lopes, and you're listening to the Dad Tired Podcast, where I'm helping everyday families learn how to follow Jesus in everyday life. How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. It is good to be with you. If you just stumbled upon the podcast, welcome. We're glad to have you. We're just a bunch of dudes who are trying to fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. We want to be the spiritual leaders that God's called us to be. We don't claim to have that all figured out, um, but we're just like trying to stumble our way through spiritual leadership. And we'd love to have you stumble with us. You can do that by going to dadtired.com. Click the community tab. That will link you over to a closed group that we have on Facebook with uh, over 5,000 guys from around the world who are taking their faith, their family, and their marriage very seriously. Uh, It's a good group to just find other dudes in your area who are trying to get after this stuff and share resources, get resources, ask questions, give advice to questions, ask for prayer, all kinds of good stuff. So we'd love to have you come be part of that group. Go to dadtired.com, click the community tab, and you can do that there. If you haven't picked up the Stop Behaving devotional, it was written specifically for the men of the Dad Tired community. It's a 28-day, four-week devotional designed to either go through by yourself, but ideally with two or three other guys who you can kind of process this stuff with. Uh, but the devotionals, you know, it takes about 10 minutes a day to go through. Uh, but it talks about how does the gospel apply to your heart? Uh, how does it apply to your marriage, to your parenting, and to your work? And apply may be a bad word. It's actually, how does the gospel radically transform your heart, your marriage, your parenting, and your work? That's what uh, the goal of it and why it was written. So if you haven't picked that up, pick a couple copies of that. Go through it with some other guys that you know, maybe from church or work or whatever. Um, But yeah, you can pick that up by going to dadtired.com, clicking the devotional tab. Today I've got another great interview. Uh, I'm always trying to bring guys on, uh, people on who I I really believe are like, they love Jesus. They're trying to stumble their way, figure it out. And they're they're, um, using their unique gifting to point other people towards Jesus. And today is no exception to that. I have John Lovell, who's a credentialed full-time tactics and firearms instructor. The dude is just a stud. If I, I, I'm probably not allowed to say this on a Christian podcast, um, but he's just a badass. Like, dude's just a badass. Uh, his tactical resume is insane. Uh, he could kill any of us. Uh, he's like a real-life Jack Bauer if you were into 24. He's just a stud. He's better than Jack Bauer. He's a stud. Um, but the reason I brought him on is not only is he just in, he's just an incredibly talented, gifted uh, guy, but he he loves Jesus and he is just as passionate about uh, teaching people like teaching men uh, what it means to be the protector of their home in the full sense of the word. Like not just to protect them physically, but what does it mean to be a protector and provider of your home spiritually and relationally and emotionally and physically? Uh, and he he can he can hang in both arenas, both of those sides uh, with anyone. He can go to toe to toe with anyone on both the physical side, but also the philosophical, theological side. So the dude's just a stud, man. Uh, I, it was cool to hang out with him and pick his brain for a little bit. I wish we we had another hour because I had about. 20 more questions to go through with him, but you'll fall in love with him. I'm confident of that as you listen to him share. But anyway, without further ado, I'll step out of the way and let John share his heart. All right, John, well, thanks so much for taking time to hang out with us today, man. Uh, Tell us for our audience who you are and what you're up to these days. Sure. My name's John Lovell. I'm the founder of a movement, the Warrior Poet Society, and I do tactical training around the country for pistol, carbine, and room clearing and all that kind of fun stuff. And then uh, 
do a bunch in the social media realms, mainly YouTube's my jam. So doing lots of videos, just free content from everything from gear reviews to home security stuff and uh, a lot of similar themes that you're doing in terms of just fatherhood and uh, trying to be a, a good husband. That, that's kind of the poet aspect of warrior poet societies. We're just a bunch of real dudes. We're not trying to be the most dangerous people that ever walked the planet, but we certainly want to be dangerous because we love people. We are motivated to defend them and protect them and, and, and in the physical sense, as well as the spiritual sense and being able to be a good provider and just, I guess, an all around good dude down to earth and uh, kind of shelve all the uh, male bravado and egotism that oftentimes comes along with uh, running in gun spheres and all the alpha male crap that just goes along with that. So uh, anyway, that's who I am and that's how I roll. Yeah, man. So how did Warrior Poet Society, tell me about the name. Where did that come from? Oh, good question. I don't know. Well, I think the Warrior Poet has been around for a very, very long time. Uh, And uh, the ethos that we have has been there. And and a lot of your listeners will probably reflect with that as well. I'm not going after like, doesn't mean you're like part of a SWAT team or something. You just, uh, but I I think probably just something like Braveheart left an indelible mark on me, kind of the, they fought like warrior poets at the end. That was a big deal. And also dead poet society had a mark on me. And, um, I, I don't know, somewhere in the, somewhere, I just started making videos and I wanted to appeal to the common man of teach a lot of SWAT teams and stuff like that. And so I run in those fears as well, but who I'm really after is just kind of the, the, the common man wanting to be a good dad. So the warrior poet aspect, warrior's not enough for me and poet's not enough. It's, it's kind of that nice blend of the two, but some, somewhere along the line, I just kind of picked it up and started running with it, but I can't really put my finger on exactly how. Yeah. So, so for those of the listeners who haven't had a chance to check out any of your stuff, what's your background? How did, how did you, you know, get into teaching this kind of stuff? Uh, sure. So I was a former, uh, special operations guy, second range battalion, 75th ranger regiment. So I was an airborne ranger and, uh, uh, kicked open a lot of doors overseas. So I was, a you know, um, door kicker, five combat deployments, Afghanistan, Iraq, all that good stuff. And then I've been a uh, pro tactical trainer for uh, a lot of years now, uh, I guess. Uh, uh, but, um, yeah. And then I'm, I was also a former missionary lived abroad. And, mm. uh, so, um, anyway, I'm, I'm a student, um, you know, just try to do life on purpose is just a, a lowercase P philosopher. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, I guess my background is just kind of a weird, mix but uh yeah i did i actually didn't know that you were a mission where were you uh a missionary uh mostly around central america i'm going to the dominican republic here in about a week and a half to teach apologetics to college students i go every year to a few student a few countries uh you know um usually latin uh american type places but uh anyway so uh but uh panama nicaragua uh costa rica and uh ecuador and uh yeah jumped all over I was just in Nicaragua in December. Very um, cool, man. Yeah. Teaching some pastors there. And then I was, I was actually in the Dominican uh, in October and November. 
and my wife has like she's got big time baby fever right now. Uh, oh she no! Really wants a, she wants another baby, but uh, I'm convinced that I got Zika while I was there. So I told her we got to wait for a while. <laughs> I got I got eaten alive by mosquitoes. They said that they, there's Zika over there, and there's no way to like get tested. The doctor won't test you. So anyway, oh yeah, current, maybe it's my current hold a little bit. But baby fever, man, that's dangerous. How many kids do you have? Uh, two, and that, that's a full-time job, man. That's a totally. full-time how, job. How, yeah, yeah, how old are your kids? Four and five. Okay, so we're close. Yeah, I got four and six. Cool. Your boys or girls? Boys. Okay. What about you? Awesome. A uh, four-year-old girl and a six-year-old boy, and then we're foster parents, so we have kids kind of coming in and out, and then, like I said, my wife's got the fever, so she's she wants more lopes babies but we'll see what happens yeah we're we're on the adoption train really or i guess we're just just trying to buy tickets for it right now right yeah, now we can't yeah. afford the country's ransom fees uh to be able to uh buy the children out of slavery uh state sponsors <laughs> sorry this is me being upset and uh just uh man it's so expensive to, it is, and to it's, get it's so kids, complicated. 20, 30 grand. You got to start a year long process with all this bureaucracy, huge money. And I've done yeah. a lot of work with orphanages, uh, you know, just uh, over and above. And a lot of these places with state sponsored orphanages, you got about a 100% chance that these kids are going to grow up on the street without any education. They're all going to get yep. molested. They're going to. A lot of them are going to grow up into prostitution, and this is third world country orphanages. And so you think of like, all right, I understand a little due diligence to make sure a head doctor gets in your family and make sure that you're not going to go red dragon Hannibal Lecter on any little kids. But still, sorry, I'm remember the alpha circles I run in. So if I'm not quite as polished as you. And uh, your listeners, you're going to have to forgive me for an advance, but our heart is is adoption. We'd love to be able to adopt some kids, but just right. looking at that daunting process to adopt, uh, that's uh, – anyway, that, that's uh, – It's ridiculous. Certain, yeah, yeah, it is. And so uh, – The foster I, care system is actually similar, you know, it, trying, to, trying to get foster – Babies, we, we, it's, uh, you know, take the whole podcast to tell you how big of a mess that is, too. But it's just like, man, we're uh, able and willing family to try to love on some babies. And you keep telling me that they're sleeping in hotel rooms and we keep saying we've got room. And uh, yet there's a bunch of red tape. to. And I, I understand a little bit of red tape. And I'm probably mm-hmm. I'm, I'm quite sure you didn't bring me on to talk about this. But, uh, you know, and we'll, we'll try to put it to bed as fast as you uh, care to. But I, I guess there should be a process to make sure mm-hmm. you vet families. But holy cow, considering their circumstances, right. can we do something to greatly decrease the cost and the time? Because these yep. little clocks, the clocks on their little lives is ticking, yep. you know. And so uh, anyway, there's a rant. No, man. That's why I brought you on. I love your rants. Uh, so first, before I you know, move switch topics here, thank you for your service. I, I meant to say that earlier. I really do appreciate your service. I don't take it lightly. Uh, and uh, I, I respect guys like you a ton, and I'm appreciative. So thank you for the, your service for our country. That's what I mean. Um, uh, so I've got friends. I, I actually am I'm not concealed to carry a gun. Uh, maybe we can talk about this if we've got time. I grew up in Stockton, California, which is highest, one of the highest crime rates, high, highest violent crime. It's kind of the Detroit of the West Coast. Hold um, on. I'm so sorry. They have uh, strict gun laws there, so that shouldn't be that way. Are you sure? 
What? Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I'm I'm making a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a, a joke that's going to make some some people very very angry. But uh, well, I want to uh, no, I want to kind of get into that because we you know we're a, we're a Christian podcast, but I've got guys. We've got a most of our listeners come from Texas, which I imagine uh, you know we've got some gun owning proud men uh, and women. Uh, you know, and then we've got obviously the whole other side of the line and it's a very divisive issue right now, which I'm it okay to, to talk about. Um, but it, what I was getting at is I grew up in a, in a city that was very, when you thought about guns, you, you thought about murder and violence. That was kind of the extent of it. Then I moved to Oregon. I've been here for about 10 years and, uh, you know, everyone's got a gun and they're, they're out they grew up hunting and going out with their dad, really, uh, kind of different, just subculture than what I grew up in. But I, I have friends here. I don't, I don't know if that, if I'm really getting to any explicit question, but I, I have friends who are trying to figure out like, you know, I, I want to be a concealed carrier. This is some of my Oregon friends, but they wrestle with like, how does this line up with the gospel being like Jesus, uh, eye for an eye opposed to like, you know, turning the other cheek. Like I'm, I imagine you get this question a lot and you have a lot of these kind of conversations. What do, give us your overall thoughts on this topic. Yeah, so we're asking about the kind of the theology of defense, a theology mm-hmm. of war. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in Exodus 15, uh, God says that the Lord your God is a warrior, like a mm-hmm. mighty man of war. You know, he steer, stirs up his zeal and goes, I'm pulling two different scriptures together now. But the, the Old Testament and New Testament alike is, uh, alike is replete with just examples of, of where God is a loving protector and mm-hmm. and a protector has a very bloody side to it uh, when other people mean you harm so um you know f- folks folks i think center on pieces of jesus or of the bible without understanding the whole in short our systematic theology is lacking and as such we make a caricature of god whenever we focus on key attributes without uh, at the uh, I guess at the um, disservice of uh, dismissing other attributes of God. Mm-hmm. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. So if God is a warrior in Exodus 15, God is a warrior forever. Even when war is abolished, that warrior heart, that desire that these are my children and I will protect them. Uh, and so that's that, that goes in. But God doesn't shy away from war. We look at Jesus uh, who, you know, that that's the measure of a man. That is the great warrior poet. He, he is my inspiration. Uh, and we recognize Jesus wasn't, you know, picking up swords and hacking people. But, but And I think it has to do with his mission. Uh, Jesus came as a lamb. He came on a very, very specific mission uh, to love, uh, to uh, reconcile those who were lost. He came, in effect, not to fight. He came to die. He did not come to judge. He came to die, to to conquer the grave, to conquer sin, to conquer death. So uh, to fight would have been literally to undermine his whole mission. His mission was to come sacrifice and die, uh, right? He, he, he came the martyr's rock. Now, when Jesus comes back, Revelation 19, you can see it in Revelation 14, as he's wearing a, clo- uh, a robe dipped in blood. But it's not dipped in blood because of... Uh, Calvary, it's dipped in blood because he just tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God. And short, he's, uh, you know, uh, trampling under 
foot, the grapes of wrath, humanity, uh, ripe for destruction. In Revelation 19, you see Jesus at the front of the armies of the living God because he's the commander, just like you see in, I think it's uh, it's Joshua 6, right before Jesus led the charge on uh, Jericho and kicked the walls down and killed everybody. That was Jesus, the commander of the Lord's army. Uh, there was a Christophany, uh, appearance of Christ in the Old Testament before right. the Incarnation, as theologians understand it, or a Theophany, whatever you want. But it's Christophany is a little bit more direct. Anyway, I'm nerding out way too much ju- just to say uh, Jesus is a warrior, and though he came as a lamb before, you will see the lion of the tribe of Judah return. And you see Jesus you know, interacting in the Old Testament as well. He's usually called the angel of the Lord, not an angel of the Lord, but the angel of the Lord. And so uh, when you see that kind of the angel of the Lord, that's Jesus Christ. Um, And I can prove this scripturally. I probably opened up a bigger can of worms than I needed to. But if I wanted to, did you want to say anything? Because I wanted to jump into some more practical kind of New Testament stuff as well. No, jump. Keep going, man. This is good. So you look at Jesus of who he's commending above everyone in Israel he looks at the centurion and say, hey, I don't see anybody's faith like this dude. And he was a soldier of soldier. This is a grizzled war veteran who's killed a lot of people, and he's killed people so effectively, now he's supervising people who kill people. And Jesus didn't say, how dare you embark in such an unholy profession, put down your sword and take the route of pacifism. That's not it. He's, he's commending the guy with no halts of saying, hey, stop doing that. Uh, you know, and so you see the praise of the centurion. Uh, some soldiers ask John the Baptist, hey, what do we need to do to, to you know, be squared away? And John the Baptist says, hey, don't don't receive bribes and be a good soldier. He doesn't say stop soldiering. In Romans 13, uh, we see that the state is given the sword for protection and the king who wields that sword as well. And it's basically saying state uh, sanctioned policing and uh, military. That's that's a holy God ordained profession. It is a holy thing to do to hold that sword and protect to the mm-hmm. death. So mm-hmm. that is a good and holy calling. And in fact, uh, so holy is that calling. Uh, you know, God, here I quiz some Christians who I think just don't understand this theology very well and say, hey, why did the Israelites wander in the desert of Canaan? for 40 years and were barred entry from Israel until that generation died. You, you want to give a crack at it? You want me to just go for it? Go for it, man. Okay. It's because they refused to go to war. Hmm. You know, they sent out the 12, 12 spies, 10 of them came back and said, Hey, we can't take them. And he's like, you know, you faithless punks, none of you guys have the faith to say, Hey, when I send you to war, go clean up. Uh, be good soldiers and trust in me. But they wouldn't play the part of good soldiers. They played the part of cowards. And their sentence was death for that. Hmm. Uh, So, you know, in that case, and in many other cases in the Old Testament, failure to kill was a very sinful thing to do. Hmm. So, anyway. Keep going. Go, go, go. Yeah, you you just, you got to understand the theology of it. And the big big heart of a warrior poet is, hey, I've, I've had enough war, man. I've had enough fighting. I don't want to fight, and I know the ugly side of war that I do not rejoice in the death of the way. I don't want to kill, but I am certainly ready to if uh, if it means protecting people that I love. Absolutely. And, and to think of somebody you, you, 
you come in your house and somebody uh, somebody is there, uh, home invasion or whatever, and they're going to rape your wife and your kids and choose what order they die in. And that sounds grotesque and morbid, but that's the world that I live in. I hear these real stories and I see these people who terrible things have happened to. I look them in the eyes face to face as their broken lives, uh, you know, are, are there splayed out in front of me. And I have to, you know, sort through the pieces. Cops do this too, where they're mm-hmm. uh, basically showing up at a crime scene. Uh, now, what if we, as good Christians, turn the other cheek in that time and be like, no, rape, pillage, plunder my family. Go ahead. I think that's really sick, twisted evil to be mm-hmm. able to stop that from happening to your family and not do so. Now, if somebody's just, hey, John, I don't like your face and I don't like, you know, whatever, and they just want to take a crack at me, I may choose to turn the other cheek if I'm a strong enough man. Maybe they'll strike me an insult and I turn the other cheek and don't drop the hammer on them like I might be more inclined to do and certainly skilled and able to do. What if I turn the other cheek like Jesus? I'd say that is real strength. Wow. But there's a difference between turning the other cheek in insult or even turning the other cheek in martyrdom than turning the other cheek when somebody challenges those that are under your care uh, to protect. You know, that, that's as if a shepherd says, hey, wolves, here's my sheep. Have at yeah. them. Have fun. Yeah. That's the whole point of a protector is to protect. So if yeah. a sheep wants to sacrifice itself, that's the business of the sheep. But the shepherd is there to wield the, 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 the protector's sword. So anyway, that, that's just kind of framing the theology. I've written a blog about this that, that is just replete with lots of different scriptures to back it up and craft a good systematic theology of killing. Is it a sin? When is right to kill? I've also done a video on YouTube uh, for uh, turning the other cheek where it's kind of balancing this. If, if, you, if you felt like that would be a good thing for your listeners, we could provide link for that blog and for that video. Yeah, I think our guys would love that. I'll put the, the both of the the link to both of those in the show notes so that the guys can, can keep reading on that. I've got two questions. Kind of one is more practical, and then I want to, if you've got time, move move up back to that more philosophical. So one on being, uh, you know, God's um, put us in a situation and put a calling on our lives to protect our families. Um, for guys like me, I've, I think I've held a gun two times in my life. I thought about signing up for your course cause I know you're coming to Portland, right? Am I making yeah. that up or you can, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, it's sold out. So just email me directly and, um, okay. yeah, sorry. I guess your uh, no, listeners didn't a- need that surprise guys. Sorry. No, that's all right. That's, that's awesome. Man. So, well, for one, you do these all over the country, so we'll get the guys to find one of these and come hang out with you and learn some stuff. But, um, so for guys like me who, you know, I, I don't know anything about what I'm doing. What are, what do you have like three or four or one practical thing that I can do like this week today to like make my home more safe as I'm trying to protect my family? Yeah. So everyone wants to start with guns and, and you know, kind of my professional expertise is in the realm of, you know, yeah, firearms is what people are typically hiring me for or for room clearing stuff. Uh, but I, I think before we even approach firearms, we need to be a little bit more practical. Uh, so what I'm usually and, and again, I got YouTube videos on all this stuff, a playlist called Home Security, where, man, I'm really tackling that exact subject head on. But what I want is I want uh, 
uh, one, them never to even target your home, so deter them from even wanting to, to pick you. And that means a bad guy scopes out your house. They gather a certain amount of intelligence. You want to send a good message to them that, hey, look, I got security lights. You see the security sign in the front yard. You got beware of dog. He will eat your face off if you come near my property. You got security camera. You know, you, you, you got Constantine. What? No, just kidding. You don't have barbed wire up or anything like that. But still, you, you have a general presence of, hey, I close my blinds at night. I am not an easy target. Go take yeah. down the Joneses house. So yeah. uh, first off, don't be an easy target. What's up? Yeah. You want to get in here? No, this is good, man. I love it. Right. Uh, another thing is I don't want them. Uh, I want early warning. So if they uh, get near my house, my little motion activated cameras send an alert to my phone. And usually I'll get the alert and a, a video of them around my house before they even get to the front or back doors. What this camera is, do you use? Uh, so uh, there's the really nice systems like a DVR system that you can get. Uh, okay. Then they get more pricey or uh, what more people are really biting that because of just budget and simplicity. People don't want to mm-hmm. spend a whole bunch. There's really cheap options as well. Uh, there's uh, one that I just did a review on YouTube and it's blink security cameras. If you type in blink security okay. cameras, you'll see, probably see my video, uh, but okay. it's wireless. It'll take you about 20 minutes to set up. There's no subscription fees. It sends alerts to your phone. Uh, cool. It's just real, real cool. And again, if, if you want to, We'll provide a link in below yeah. this if, if you want, yeah. if people want that um, blink security camera. So um, anyway, that that's that's something. Uh, did you want to ask another question? Or you want me to keep going? No, I sorry, no, I interrupted you. So yeah, you, you, no. so security cameras just make yourself not an easy target. Yeah, then I want an alarm system, uh, and that doesn't even have to have necessarily a, a, a linked to anything. I mean, you can get them at Lowe's for a few bucks. Just something you can turn on and off at night. Now. The catch is if you're going to have this stuff and not use it, it's really worthless to you. But too many kind of folks who haven't thought it through feel unsafe. They buy a gun. They put. They never practice with it. They're not sure if it's loaded. The, the missus doesn't even know how to use it. And they think that if someone breaks in, I'll just shoot them. And the big problem is, is you know, uh, it's time. If somebody kicks in your door, they could be face to face with you before you really, uh, you know, rub the sleep out of your eyes. Or more more than likely, home invasions happen in the middle of the day most of the time. One mm-hmm. kick will get you through 90% of the U.S. household doors. And though I made up that statistic, if I'm wrong on it, I bet it's something like 98%. Mm-hmm. Every door, I've kicked open hundreds and hundreds of doors That's uh, in my lifetime. Not as a bad guy, but but as a, a, as a trainer. Well, as a good guy, uh, tracking down that anyway, hundreds and hundreds of doors. And it is pathetic how easy it is to just splinter doors. And I'm not a big guy. It's not my resume that opens sesames, everyone's door. It's that that they're weak failure points. The deadbolts stay intact, but the little tiny wood trim just splinters out like it's not even there. So I've also got, uh, uh, little solutions that keep people, uh, I've made my doors kick proof takes about 40 mm-hmm. bucks per door uh to make them kick proof and so How do you do that sorry i'm like now i'm now i'm just like absorbing as much it's, well, if, I, if you tell me if you just need to tell me like dude just go watch all my videos just tell dude me just go watch no just kidding <laughs> okay. just kidding so uh, so i have another little product it's like a kick plate that you install in front of the door it costs about 40 bucks and now somebody okay. my buddies on a, a certain swat team uh, I, you know um, i rub shoulders with they're like when we encounter that device 
uh, it's a kick-proof door. Usually we have to cut the door in half and fold it over on itself to get in. Wow. Uh, so what it does is it's not necessarily about keeping them out. It's about having lots of early warning so I can lay a little counter ambush, alert mm-hmm. them that, hey, cops are on the way, the alarm system's going nuts, I've got guns, and I'm retreating to little dark ambush spots in my house. So if they want to come dance, I'm going to win that fight. 10 out of 10 times because I had the time to prepare for it. If you don't have time to prepare for it, uh, good luck, man. That's an ambushing predator. Uh, I also worry about my, my wife. I'm about to go out of town. Uh, I'm getting on an airplane tomorrow. And so literally this morning before I left my house, me or um, bef- this morning, me and my wife ran over a few little drills. And so she's sitting at the counter. It's broad day. And I, uh, my point of entry is the back door. And so I start doing that. And she uh, runs to the uh, closest place where we have got guns stashed. Uh, she pulls a gun out, which I've already made safe, slide lock to the rear, bullets out and everything. And her, her, so it's a bit, it's an inert gun uh, that doesn't even have the slide back and no bullets anywhere in sight. And her job is to grab that gun, uh, uh, point it toward that back door and hit our panic button all in one motion real fast. Uh, so she can do that from a central place in the house. If you come near the back door, uh, she'll beat you to it. She's quick. And, and we're not, we're like a normal couple, you know, we're, we're just, she's a girly girl. She's cute and fun. And she's, she's not like some butch gal who's putting camo on her face. She, she's just a normal mom and spouse and, She's just, you know, when, when we go shooting, her big goal isn't to crush the target. It's to make sure I think she's cute as a button. Uh, that That's her big goal. And I'm like, no, t- baby, t- Mrs. Poet, take this seriously. And, yeah. and you know, so she's just a normal gal. And we just do a few minutes of a drill, when, uh, like a couple times a month, and that's it. Uh, I yeah. think if you try to enlist her in some big training regiment and stuff, she's just not going to be on board. But she knows it's important to me. So when I ask, hey, can we go over this? It'll take you three minutes and you pick when those three minutes are. And then we go over a few things and then we're back to family life. And that's really doable. And when you do a, a, a good bit of those over time, it adds up to add a whole lot of security. Um, yeah, and then so we re- we rehearsed another scenario of this was okay. Uh, what if somebody uh, comes in a- in the middle of the night, and then she has a, a different plan for that? Where mm-hmm. again, it's accessing firearm, hitting that panic button to set the alarm off if it hasn't already been set off. She can speak warning. Uh, police are there, and if you come in, I'm going to shoot you. Uh, so uh, it it's that kind of stuff. It's the plan that buys you the time. Yeah. Uh, so um. Uh, anyway, that that's what's going to be even more important, I think, than becoming a uh, you know Jedi ninja with a with a gun is setting your home up for good defense. Uh, then it's you know when you're out in public, it's good situational awareness and knowing what to look for and and knowing where you're vulnerable and and, and how bad guys think and and you know have some if you got kids at least have some pepper spray on your keychain. That stuff is yeah. the jam. Uh, you know, uh, and, and then we can start talking about firearms as well. So, um, anyway, yeah, there you go. Well, so, well then the, I'm sure my listeners, they're going to geek out on this stuff. They're going to wish I would ask you a hundred more questions on, on that train of thought. But the cool thing is you got the videos up, you've talked about all this stuff, you've recorded it. They can go back and listen. I'm not hard to find type in John Lovell or warrior poet anywhere in the yeah. internet. 
and yeah. and you're going to land in the right spot. Yeah. Let's jump up a little bit higher because that was real practical, which I appreciate. Jump up a little higher, though. Maybe we'll I know we're running low on time. Maybe we'll end on this thought. But talk to me about there's a lot of guys who like to shoot guns and work hard. Uh, but you have kind of a different view and philosophy of what it means to be the provider of your home. Um, and to be the man of the house, to be a spiritual leader of your house. Talk to me like high-level, philosophical. Uh, what To you, what does it mean to be a man that is protecting his family in the full sense of the word, um, not just physically, but spiritually, emotionally? Like, How do you approach that? Man, that's a tough question. What a great, that's your my favorite question you've asked me, but I, I'm stalling because I'm like, oh, that's a mountain of a question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, my family has a lot more needs than defense, and in fact, mm-hmm. the, the idea that a hundred ninjas led by, you know, Shredder and his Foot Clan is about to assault my house, and I'm going to have to go gun crazy on them—that's that's a small contingency, right? And so, mm-hmm. uh, I want to be able to uh, protect and provide in 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 in, in a bigger way. My, you know, uh, I, I saw some. Uh, something on Instagram recently where uh, it said kids spell love T I M E. That's right. Uh, and that, that's real cool. That's what my kids really want from me is they desperately want to wrestle dad. They mm-hmm. want to talk about superheroes and they want to play uh checker. My oldest son's on a checkers kick uh, mm-hmm. and uh, they're Legos and just playing and interacting with them. That That's probably the biggest need I could possibly do is just to have fun with my children, to be emotionally and mentally available, which I'm failing at all the time, by the way. I'm just, Mm. uh, I I mean, I'm like, hey, this is, this is my goal and I kind of suck at it a lot. So, uh, sorry, I'm dad tired, you know, um, balancing so much stuff. Uh, it's just really tough, but I try to get that one right, uh, as much as I can love my children, spend time with them. And I'm not trying to be necessary. You, you can't te- you can't replicate what you're not. You know, you, I, I think you, you try to raise kids. Um, there's been a moral crisis amongst the millennial generation. That That's my gender. I'm the oldest of the millennial. I'm, I'm millennials. I'm in my mid thirties. I think you are too. And uh, a lot of our parents uh, tried to raise us on a morality that they didn't actually have. And then we grow up and we're raising sometimes our parents and I'm not speaking about mine necessarily. I'm just speaking about what I've heard in general. Um, so my parents don't listen to this and feel like I'm blasting them. I'm not, I'm just, <laughs> sorry, well, I'm sorry to, <laughs> no, they're great. I'm just saying you can only really replicate what you are. And I don't need to try to be a warrior in front of my kids or a, I just be me and whoever I am. That's what my kids are going to see. Honestly, when they've grown up and they look back and see, did mom or dad dupe me on anything? I'm like, no, they were real. They're authentic. They never lied to me. Uh, and, uh, so, uh, you replicate who you are. And so I just try to love my kids. I want to be there for my wife. And that means date nights. And that means she needs to hear she's beautiful every single day. I mean, I just watched the movie, the greatest showman. I watched it twice. Cause I love mm-hmm. that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and though, you know, the facts about PT Barnum may be really, really bad in that movie or whatnot in, in terms of the world they built and this fictitious world they built, um, He's out just trying to give them all the goodies of uh, this grand life that the family wasn't really asking for. They just the wife just wanted him there dancing and flittering through life. And she wanted him to look in her eyes and just 
I love you, baby, and stay and be there. And so I think the measure of a man is in how well we balance life. And so I want to be a protector, so I'm going to train with guns and stuff. And I want to be a provider, which means I, I need to go to work and kill it. I need to bring home the bacon. I need, you know, there's a lot of people out there competing and man, you're struggling to pay bills. That's all kinds of stress that's going to put on your marriage and your kids. I need to make a good living. I need to do that. It's not everything. You worship the dollar and you're going to end up married alone to the dollar. It's a miserable Mm -hmm. life, but I want to balance that. I I want to be a good provider. Uh, You know, I want to, you know, I want to romance my wife. We just hit 12 years of marriage. We're in our 12th oh, year of marriage now. Congrats. And man. thanks, man. Um, and um, anyway, I, I want her to know that it's still fresh for me, that she is still an adventure, that she is mm. beautiful and she has my eye and I am crazy about her. That's what I want mm. her to know. Um, and I, 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 I got to let her know every day, every day um, is uh, how it goes about and then, so I don't know. It's just balance. And I'm not getting kind of A's in every category of life here. But if I'm getting C pluses and B minuses as I balance all these things, maybe that's just going to have to be good enough until I grow into being a better man. But I want to balance mm. the stuff right. Dude, I've got like 15 other questions, but I don't want to ask them because that's that's what we need to end on. There's nothing more important than what you just said there, man. That's awesome. Thanks, uh, man. Dude, yeah, dude, thank you so much for – I know you're a busy guy. Thank you so much for hanging out and dropping some wisdom. It's funny you kept – at the, the very last thing you were just saying there is what, how you need to pursue your wife every day. The very last episode on this podcast show uh, was called Every Single Day, and it was talking about how – we continue to pursue our wives daily because we serve a God who pursues our heart daily. So uh, that's why I think we just need to end there, man. There's nothing more important we can talk about than what you just said there. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out today. Appreciate it. My pleasure, bro. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. All right. Peace out.